0: we talk about performance reviews we talk about you know exposure career opportunities but where's the money at that's that's literally why we're here
1: (laughs) literally and like i want to do a good job Mm -hmm. right by my job but like we're all here to pay our mortgages okay if i had
0: unlimited money i would not work for a living Welcome to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. We're here to help you make your job work for you. We do the corporate research so you don't have to
1: and give you real insights to help you get ahead in your career. Because if
0: you're going to be a sellout, you might as well be a top performer. Welcome back to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. Welcome back, how everyone. Every, How's everybody doing? <laughs> Tori, how are you doing? It's such a Monday. I'm like <laughs> struggling. <laughs> Can you tell it's Monday? Um, uh, I'm fine.
1: I'm good. I hosted my future in law family last night for Sunday night football and made chili. And it was really great. We drank a lot of red wine. So that's where I'm at right now.
0: Very housewife of you. You Love that. I know. I
1: felt so domestic. Like, and my mother in law was just like sitting across from me. She's like, Can I help with anything? I was like, No. Like, (laughs) I don't know. So
0: that is such a flex when you're like, you can finally kind of host the Mm in-laws and yeah I feel like it's a it's a good feeling to be in control a little bit yeah and like
1: Justin and I are being old-fashioned and not moving in together till we get married but like we get married in like 90 days and so (gasps) kind of he's slowly like he'll slip out he's like yeah like y'all can come to our house I'm like well it's my house until March 6th (laughs) so like we didn't invite eight people over but
0: we have um, some vows to get through before yeah, it's our house. Yeah, yeah, contract
1: sign, but it's like really sweet though. So I'm like, I'm proud, oh my god, of course, I've dreamed of. So, anyways, it was good.
0: How was How was your weekend? How's your week been? It was good. Um, what did I do? Oh, I saw Beyonce's uh, uh, Renaissance tour movie yesterday. It was incredible. Okay. I have no words. Like,
1: so just I'm not- insane. Like, you know, what is it called? What's a Beyonce fan called? Like a
0: part of the Beehive.
1: Beehive member.
0: But I would love...
1: Just like how we took non-Swifty friends to the Taylor Swift movie. I think it'll change me forever if I go see the Beyonce movie.
0: Yes. I highly recommend it.
1: So I think I'm going to go. Like, I should. You should. should. Yeah.
0: It honestly, like... So not to compare them because we love both of them equally. And we support both of them. And they support each other, which is amazing. But... (laughs) I liked how Beyonce's was more behind the scenes and showed more of her
1: yes that's what I want and I'm sad that like Taylor Swift is just too elusive I feel like so
0: is Beyonce Beyonce's very elusive she's very much like she controls the narrative around what she puts out Mm -hmm. which is fine like every you know celebrity does that to some extent Taylor we've seen a little bit more of her personality she does more interviews she does she did like Miss Americana, um, mm-hmm. that documentary. But yeah, I loved seeing what went into this. It was just incredible. Like I could go into it. I, I won't, you know, divulge. I'll spare everybody yeah. the details. But go see it if you haven't.
1: Okay, I I always do my
0: homework this week is to go see that. Yes. Um. So today we are talking about compensation, and I'm just gonna dive in because I feel like we have I so much to talk about. Yeah. Um. I and you know in the topic of Beyonce and Taylor Swift um we will never make that much money however there are some good tactics i think out there that you know we want to kind of share with the world i think how how do you negotiate your salary how do you um figure out if you're being paid fairly and we're all in support of especially women asking for more and going out and being educated about their salaries and, um, you know, that's something that I think our goal today is to make it less elusive and more just transparent and accessible to, to everyone. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Um, and so this episode we'll, we'll, we're covering asking for a raise specifically, and then we'll, we'll talk, we talk a little bit. I, I mean, we haven't done it yet, but (laughs) about, (laughs) Uh, negotiating your starting salary when you start a new job, that could be a whole other podcast episode. So maybe we keep that in the backlog. Yes. If people are interested, let us know. It's a bit less often that you like start a new job than you're like in your current job living day to day. But um, this really hits on. We did a lot more research on negotiating a salary for a job you're currently in for this yeah. episode.
0: Yeah, and we wanna talk about the HR perspective. So me being in HR, I get this a lot from leaders, mostly leaders um, and managers, I guess. So I don't work directly with employees at my company that much because I service executives. And so everything from my perspective is from kind of the, the leadership lens on it. Uh, but with that being said, I get a lot of leaders who come to me and say, this person's not happy with their pay. What do I do? And so I can kind of provide that input. And then Tori has some more um firsthand experience <laughs> in the um from the employee side negotiating. Um Definitely. so we're gonna talk about, yeah, how compensation is decided, the importance of salary transparency, and then also what to do when you find out that your peer is making more than you. So I guess diving in, have you ever asked for a raise before, Tori? Um, I
1: have only ever asked for a higher starting salary, so I haven't gone into the chaos of asking for a raise yet, but I think I'm going to. So that's why I brought this topic up to you and you were like, Tori, I work in HR. Did you know? <laughs>
0: we <should do> this <laughs> hey, the I can help you out here. <laughs> like, I
1: literally yeah, brought it to you as a friend and we talked about it for weeks before we thought. <laughs> So dumb <laughs> that we should talk about it on the podcast. Um, but I have negotiated quite successfully my starting salaries before, which is why it also just dawned on me that we should do a podcast episode about that. Um, but I've never asked for a raise before. So this is honestly really good homework.
0: Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. Um, I so negotiating my starting salary, I've never done that before either because I've worked at the same company since since leaving grad school. And I started in a rotational program that was just that the salaries were all kind of standard. You didn't negotiate. No. At least, at least I didn't. I don't know if other people in my program did, no. but I don't like, think you could. You um, yeah. And I was just like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, here. <laughs> like, for sure. Um, I was just happy to be making money at that point, but yeah. And I, I haven't ever asked for a raise in my current job. I, I do feel like I'm paid fairly and I think being in HR, I have more input into that, and so I I can tell. And it's it's also kind of dumb to underpay HR people because we will find out faster probably. Yeah. So true. That's so
1: That's interesting. You say yeah. that you feel as though you're paid fairly because I was doing research for this article, and I have the article pulled up. No, I was doing research for this podcast, and I have the mm-hmm. article. Pulled up uh this business news daily article said that 19 only 19% of employees say that
0: they're satisfied with their pay.
1: So you're in the that's lucky. 19 not 19%. Surprising. And I'm yeah. really happy for you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, um yeah, maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. But I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like it, I think the thing about fairness for me is like understanding, like like having a deep understanding is the first part of, and that's the first thing we'll get into, but it's like do you know what you're worth? And then what are you worth? And how are you being paid against what you're worth? And if you're being paid according to what you're worth, then you should be happy. It's when yeah. you know you're worth X, but you're getting paid X times 0.85 that it's like really frustrating and annoying. Yes. Um, and so like that knowledge that you have as someone working in HR, and I have that knowledge for myself because my company is like ferociously salary transparent and they have everyone's pay bans publicly available. Um, and then you, they have guides to help you calculate what your pay should be. Um, wow. And so, uh, that is kind of rare though. Like either you're in HR, no, it's radical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, or your company's radical. So, um, but I think that's like the first step is understanding what is fair,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to talk about, first of all, how compensation is structured. I don't know if everyone knows this. I mean, I think if you work at a company where your pay bands are published, and they literally tell you how you're going to be or I guess how to calculate where you are. I mean, that is something I've never heard of before. I think that's that's incredible. So you probably have more knowledge than the average person on compensation too. Yeah.
1: And I also work Um, at a in the recruiting tech space. So it's like, if we weren't salary transparent at our own company, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You what know? are we doing?
0: So, um so with that, I think starting out with just what compensation is. So it includes your base pay, stock options, bonuses, benefits, total compensation and rewards includes everything that the company offers you as an employee. So it's not just based on your base salary, even though that is what most people tend to focus on. Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind when you're moving companies or moving jobs, um, maybe getting promoted, that even though maybe your base pay doesn't increase as much as you want it to, getting extra stock options or getting a signing bonus or making a bigger percentage of your salary as an annual bonus every year is huge. And that does account for you know your total compensation um salary isn't everything is what i kind of wrote here and i i think we get really hung up on our base pay and our annual salary what we make a year but it's important to keep in mind that there's so much else that you get from the company um so your basic salary is structured based on your pay ranges or compensation ranges uh these are the pay bands that tori was mentioning so I didn't know this before. I mean, I think I learned this as a little baby intern in HR, that basically each job level has a certain compensation range. And so that includes a minimum, median, and a max for each job level. And that's kind of the the sweet spot of where you can be paid annually, depending on where you are in that range and depending on how much experience you have. and um, all of that is kind of factored into it. There's always overlap between those two ranges or not two ranges, sorry, between ranges. So the max of one level might overlap the minimum of the next level. And that way, you know, when you do get promoted, there's some wiggle room. And so you, it depends on, I guess, how much you're making at your current level. If you can get promoted to the next level and still make, um, I'm getting technical here. So just stop no, me if it's- no, it makes don't understand. Yeah, because yeah.
1: like, and that hits home for me because I've had, we were talking about this uh, in our friend group the other week and one of our friends said that someone that, she found out that someone that reported to her was making like 20 grand more than her. And we're like, oh my God, yes. how could this be? And it's because you're if you're only one level above, you know, like sometimes you are like a low level analyst and then you report to like a senior director, like there's no overlap. It's like six promotions. But if you're reporting to someone who is like the level right above you and you came in and you negotiated the heck out of your salary and like whatever, like you could be in the high end of your band making more than someone who's above you in the low end of their band because they just got promoted or whatever. Um, yep. And it's when you find out, that that is the case as someone who is in the higher role it's absolutely gutting you know yeah. but i think that that's why it's important to discuss this um with people who you have trust with in your company and understanding like where everyone's like at in their pay bands basically because it can definitely overlap
0: yes absolutely um and in hr we typically try to stop that from happening and You know, we get into internal equity and we look at teams. And if you are a leader of a team, you should be considering the entire team when you're making compensation decisions, because people talk and people are going to find out if they get more or less, or, you know, if this person got a bigger increase than me this year, you have to be able to back that up as a leader. And I think sometimes leaders play dumb or they say, oh, we didn't have enough budget or, you know, we couldn't make that happen this year. But people figure it out, um, and it's it, it doesn't feel good when you're on the the other end of it for sure. So, um, yeah, managers
1: managers in HR, like I can just picture it. Like, tell me if this is true. Like, they're like sitting in a room, being like, "Oh, well, this person, you know, she's a level lower than Tori, but she's making three thousand dollars more than her. Like, we should bump Tori up, like or whatever, because like that's something that they consider."
0: I would say. It's, it shouldn't be the reason that you yeah. give someone an increase. You should be paying people fairly based That's on what true. they're worth. That's but true. I would ask the question, why is this person in this level if they're being paid more than somebody in a level above them? And mm-hmm. is this, is this person um, like, are we planning to promote them soon or are we going to have them this high in their comp range for a long time? Because then you start to hit the end of the comp range and you can't increase anymore until you get to the next level or you shouldn't at least um yeah so yeah i think you you want to consider what somebody's worth their experience all of that and if they're a high performer you know you want to pay your high performers more typically um and if the person who's a level below is not one of is, is not somebody that you you know, consider to be a high performer or whatever, I, I would definitely be asking the manager, how did you let this happen? <laughs> or why is this, yeah. you know, and it, sometimes it could be that this person has been in their role for so long that they've just gotten increases and increases without moving up to the next level. And, and that happens sometimes, but then it's like, okay, what's the end game here? Are we promoting well, yeah. them? Like what's happening? You know,
1: And that's funny because like, if they've been in that role for, you know, five years, they're probably at the top of their pay ban and they're probably also not a high performer.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. So no, that's interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how compensation is determined. I think this is really interesting that maybe not everyone knows, but there is a market survey. So companies use a lot of companies use this. Um, you know, top whatever Forbes, five hundred, all of that. Uh, will use, or Fortune, wow, (laughs) sorry, Fortune (laughs) 500. I was like, that didn't sound right. Fortune 500 companies will typically kind of buy into this survey. It will take the average compensation based on similar job families across hundreds of companies. And there are market matches for most job titles. And so if I'm an HR business partner at one company, it's going to be a similar description, job description to an HR business partner at another company. Now at Facebook or Meta that might be called a people partner, or it might be, you know, yeah. Salesforce. It might be called a people strategist or whatever, but it's the same job that's being. It's the same job in the market, and um, what varies in that is so the leveling, and then the the amount that a company pays relative to market is part of their compensation strategy. So let's say the market median for an HR business partner with Eight years of experience is a hundred thousand dollars. Company A might pay eighty percent of market, so they would their median would start at, or their their minimum would start eighty um, percent below what a company that pays a hundred percent of the market would would start at, um, and their median would would be lower too. So even if and that's that's why negotiation is important i think because even if you're making a certain amount of money at a, at one company the next company you go to they might be paying their their employees more just relative to market or or less um and so, so it's important to yeah have those expectations
1: these companies are strategically saying like we as a company have decided that our compensation strategy is to pay 80% of of average basically and like because yeah. we're value based or because we are a great place to work or whatever, like we're not using compensation as a like bargaining chip to come to our company, basically.
0: Yeah. Maybe we offer remote work and that's a huge deal versus a company that makes you come into the office five days a week. Yeah. Or maybe we maybe it's job specific. So maybe we want to pay our data engineers 120% of at market. But we don't really care about our HR people. So we're going to have that at 90%, like whatever it yeah. might be. Like the pay mix, it depends on your strategy and what you value as a company. And okay. um, so it's, it's interesting. I think it can get it, pretty like, detailed.
1: Sort of like, duh. Like obviously these Fortune 500 companies have data on market specific compensation rates, but I never realized that. And I feel like I know certain companies, and I can say like, "Oh, I bet this company is like a hundred ten percent of kind of company, and I bet this company is like eighty five percent kind of company." You know, yeah. or like how yeah. any given company values certain roles. Um, so yeah, so I
0: think most and most companies won't be that transparent about it. Obviously, <laughs> <No>. um,
1: <laughs> that's why <what> I've never <laughs> thought about it. If my you companies ever told me, yeah,
0: like if you go out on LinkedIn and you look at certain jobs. Um, that are relatively similar, you can see the difference and you can see which companies are putting a premium on base pay versus others. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's all kind of a mixed game. And yeah, yeah it can vary oh, yeah. a lot. So yeah. yeah, the company's overall goals is just to keep pay within that range and also equitable within the team is kind of what we talked about. Oh. And um, it can really get thrown off if you're negotiating way higher. And, you know, there are some times when you need somebody so bad for this unique skill set and there's nobody at the company who has it and you find this unicorn person and you're going to give them whatever you can to make them stay. But then that might really cause some some issues down the line if your team finds out how much you're paying this person versus the people that have been at the company for so long. Yeah. So... Also, one last note on this. I want to clarify why comp ra- raises are not based on inflation, because that's one of the things that we hear every year with, um, you know, pay planning and whenever mm-hmm. we come across our merit increases or we call them merit increases. I guess your your pay yeah. increases. Um, why aren't we paying or why aren't we giving a seven percent increase? Inflation was seven percent. We're not even keeping up with inflation. So this is going to be my super corporate sellout answer because this is my (laughs) HR hat. That's like, that doesn't make sense. Um, Inflation is driven based on the cost of goods in the marketplace and salary trends are based on the cost of labor in the marketplace. So it's two completely different costs and it's really based on economics. It's supply and demand. So if you have a really hot labor market and people are, are leaving their jobs and they're you know able to quickly get another role wherever they can go, you know their places are hiring all of that you're gonna be paying more, and salaries are gonna increase um in a in a year like we've had in the past couple of years where it's been pretty cool and um overall attrition has been pretty low because layoffs have been happening, and people know that not a lot of places are hiring they're not going to increase salary as much in those cooler markets so even though inflation is really high right now if companies kept up with inflation they would all go out of business like there's you can't conflate the two basically yeah so
1: that unfortunately for like a non-hr person that is so hard to swallow and it just like makes me so irritated because it's like basically I'm sitting here doing my best and like literally getting poorer you know like yeah. we all are you know like unless mm-hmm. you got more than a 7% raise last year and if you did it's because you worked your freaking butt off to get promoted or to like get a huge merit increase you know but yeah. like I have had times in my life where I was making less money where I felt less poor you know like <laughs> and it's just like so frustrating and I know that and our CEO we have like a, a Q&A with our CEO every other week and he always gets this question and he's like, as I have stated before, your pay is based on the cost of labor, not the cost of inflation. <laughs> like, it's yep. just like, uh, you know, I get it, but it doesn't make it feel good. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make it me, easier, you know, but that yeah. is like very, that's a very rational explanation. It's literally supply and demand and they're two separate markets There's a the market for people and the market for goods, you know, like, mm-hmm. so yeah,
0: and unfortunately they don't always overlap. So no, yeah, that's my HR soapbox. That's kind of the (laughs) overview rundown on compensation before we get into how to ask for a raise. Um, So I guess we can get into it. Yeah. Tori, do you want to kind of walk through it I feel like you did the most uh, yeah research on this
1: yes okay so just like last week we're going we picked an article to go through and then give our commentary and like tear up the article and like rip it to shreds and everything so um, (laughs) this article is from indeed.com's career guide and it is how to ask for a raise a guide with tips and scripts Um, and so there's five aspects to how indeed thinks that it is best to ask for a raise um and so we're just going to go over the aspects and i'm taylor as a hr professional i'm super curious to hear your opinion and then i've peppered in some commentary as well so the first step is choosing the right time to ask um and this is based on like kind of zoomed in and zoomed out um issues so company wise like what is the how is the company doing are they like failing and laying off people left and right like they probably don't have money because you think you want to raise but then also like zooming way in like is your manager swamped out of his mind working 80 hours a week like he's probably not going to want to advocate for you or she you know so there's like all those different types of timing questions and then the one that i had that i kind of picked out cuz i wanted to ask you taylor is um you know most companies have like pay planning cycles and like Mm -hmm. for my company it's twice a year where you have one one main time a year and then one like smaller kind of like midway people can get promoted and and raises can happen also like if that time is not coming up is it even worth it like as for people who are listening who are in a big big corporation like hello this is a corporate salads podcast there's probably Mm -hmm. people working at startups and that's great but like for the big corporate girlies that like you have all this red tape like can people get off cycle promotions is it worth it
0: yeah i think it's a yes and no answer um i would say overall read the room right like if there's lots of budget cuts or layoffs happening probably not a good time to ask or there's not going to be a lot of extra room for off cycle raises um so keep that in mind however i think any time of the year is a good time to remind your manager if you find out or if you think, hey, I'm not getting paid as much as I should. I would bring that up as soon as you maybe figure that out. Um, and I would do it in probably a feedback session or a performance career conversation type of thing where it's not just a regular one-on-one. I mean, maybe maybe if that's the relationship with your manager, I think this is all just an, if, you know, you, you, Uh you're all smart people, like we can all figure out the relationship with our manager. But, um, I would say there's (laughs) these conversations come up all the time. And I, you know, would typically, if I heard from a manager, Hey, this is a really top performer and we weren't able to promote them this year. And we really want to make sure that they know that they're valued can we do anything for them? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes it it comes up to, you know, the, the leader in charge, like the executive leader who has extra budget and can say, yeah, we want to retain this person. Let's throw it, throw them, you know, a bone here. Um, but typically it's, it's only special cases that that's going to happen in. And I would say it's a good time to ask right before, um, the pay planning cycle happens and you might not know when that is in your company because like at, you know, at ours, for example, all the conversations happen months before the um, actual raises are given. So I think that's why it's probably never a bad time to like, bring it up. You shouldn't try to be gaming the system here. You should just like do it when you,
1: when you feel like you need to. Yeah, Um, for sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yep.
0: With, the anecdote to read the room,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, big
0: underline that one because, yeah, like, yeah. I think um, I don't know, and I, I, think it's it's good to always be valued as an employee, even if your company isn't doing as as well as maybe they have been in the past. But just keep in mind um, that there might be a reason why there's not as big of raises in a certain year, and it's really usually not hard to figure that out what we know what that reason is <laughs> yeah that makes so. sense
1: okay so if a person is realizing or thinking that they want a raise the next step is to research salary trends and understand why they think what they're making is not enough and what they think that they should be making so uh, there's several ways to do this you can do market-wide salary trend comparison um and uh, sort of look at places like Glassdoor and PayScale and understanding what other people are making. Um, Or like I said, with my company, like we have pay bands available to look at as employees. And so you this article is saying is like, you know, make a list of your accomplishments um see like what what your what your qualifications are what value you bring to the company and if you have all of that data about yourself and then you're like at the lower part of your pay band like that's a good argument too because your company is laid before you like what they think you should be making you know so mm-hmm. like you don't have to do as much of that market research but then also i would say a really huge part of you know research is if you have like coworker friends or people that you are just can confide in and are comfortable with knowing that are either at your level or the level above or below you, mostly at or below you, ask them what they're making or like say like, like I'll tell you if you tell me type of thing. Like if it's not weird, like, and you know, maybe pose it as a question, but salary transparency, salary transparency is so important, especially for minorities and women because yes. classically underpaid people have to kind of like figure out on our
0: own if we're being underpaid you know Mm -hmm. they're not going to tell you that so women uh, are are much less likely to and women in minorities are much less likely to negotiate and ask for more and so we end up being underpaid relative to peers exactly
1: yeah so
0: um yeah
1: and then uh, this is uh, just like to go back to making a list of your accomplishments we've talked about this in so many corporate sellouts episodes before but keeping a running list of your accomplishments throughout the year is so important for so many reasons. One, we are all up until midnight the day that our performance evaluations are due because we've slacked and like, it's exhausting to go back to your like meeting notes and all of that and see what you can write about yourself. But it's not just for performance reviews. Like it's, it's your weapon. Like it's what you did, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, you can use it for this too. Um, So I think that's really important is to look back like, look, I, you know, I led this initiative that brought our company $7 million, like, you're paying me at the bottom of my pay band? Like, really? yeah You know, so I think that's an important aspect.
0: Yeah. And I think if you're going to go ask or make a business case to your manager about why you should be paid more, you're going to have to come with receipts. And you're going to have to say, This is why, you know, you can't just say, Hey, I think I deserve a raise because I'm underpaid. I think we all know that, but like <laughs> I just feel like I want to be very clear that you need to come ready to to defend your position, basically. Exactly. Um and I would say on this note, like with research and all of that, talking to coworkers is is huge because that's giving you the real deal on what's happening at your company. Um, Glassdoor, LinkedIn, a lot of those ranges can be huge, you know, like we're talking $50,000 between the two, the yeah. low and the high and also inaccurate. Like there's there's nobody regulating and saying this is accurate or this isn't. Like I can go on and research the company that I work for and I I think I have done this before and I've been like that's not what we pay yeah. people. But yeah. but like, you know, there might be I guess you get kind of the um the Yelp effect where you get either disgruntled employees or really happy employees and so you're probably getting the extremes and not the median. And so it's important to to remember that when you're doing some research that you might be wrong. <laughs> and I don't know how to remedy that honestly, but yeah. Um that's why you you know you, it needs to be an open-ended conversation and not a hey, I'm I'm right here yeah. basically. Or like triangulated with multiple data points, you know, like
1: Glassdoor and PayScale and LinkedIn or, you know, what have you. um, So that you're not just like, well, here's the one flawed data source, like that you have multiple different, like you have your accomplishments, you have your pay band, and you also have the different data sources. Um, So that could be helpful Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Um, Okay. Numbers three and four, I combine because I think that in the scheme of things they're, they're less important. Number three is set a meeting. Yes, totally get that, love that. You have to meet. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, Taylor, you, what you called out was really important. Like maybe give your boss some warning. Maybe yeah. put it in the meeting agenda when you send him, like, hey, here's meeting, here's the agenda, one, two, three items. Like you don't, I don't know that you. The article is like, hey, pull your boss. Say, be like, would you, would it be alright if we spent some time during my performance review discussing my compensation? Like, do your version of that you don't also yeah. don't have to, you know? No. Um, so, and then number four is prepare what to say. Um. Uh, we have this article linked. There's a lot of scripts that we won't get into, but, um, really just what we've said, like going into like, I've, ex- I've consistently exceeded my sales quota, reaching 128% of my monthly goal time and time again. Like, this is why I think I deserve this. Like you're just basically kind of practicing out the data that you've gathered. And then like presenting it to your boss. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's just like kind of the tactical nitty-gritty. Like that's less strategic, honestly. Yeah. Like unless you have anything else to add, Taylor.
0: Well, I wanna add that sometimes and this this is more retroactive than proactive, but sometimes it's good to um to have that conversation right when you get your increase for the year. Like someone, you know, if you are, I guess I'm thinking about my own experience here and I think the times that I've been the most disappointed in my pay is immediately after I find out what I'm, what my increase was. So Mm -hmm. use that opportunity to say, you know, I really thought that I, I did X, Y, and Z. I expected more than just kind of the, the average increase here or I expected to get stock options or whatever it might be. Um, because that's a a real kind of raw reaction, and it's something that your manager can keep in mind for the next time. Um, yeah. If they know that, like, if they if they come to you and they say, "Hey, this is what you got," and you're so disappointed, and you're like, "Great, that's awesome," they're not going to do anything about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like
1: so true. You have
0: to you have to bring it up. So that's if if you're scared to come to them, you know, beforehand. Um, that's another option, I think, too, to just. Do it in the moment
1: yeah and that's okay yeah. so like in January a lot of people have these reviews and so everyone listen pretend you're going into your review right now and you're gonna get a two percent raise like pract- maybe you'll go and you'll get a percent raise and you will not have to have this conversation but like be mentally mm-hmm. pressed to act disappointed <laughs> and not just swallow the pill like yeah be like oh my gosh wow that is crazy I didn't re- I don't think I deserve that like whatever your script is Like, maybe you won't have to pull it out of your pocket and use it, but like, we're all going into these conversations. Yeah. It's important to
0: be prepared I I would say, like, just ask the question. That's really all you have to do is just ask. Like, if you're non-confrontational like me and Tori, I feel like you're pretty non-confrontational as well. Like, we're both, I think, self-proclaimed people pleasers and Mm -hmm. have a hard time. Um, You know, it's gotten easier for me a little bit, but it's still hard to... Confront, especially in the moment. So, if you feel like I don't know how to respond to this, just ask a question. Oh, that's interesting. Why wasn't I considered for um, a higher raise this year? And just leave it at that. Like, see what they say. Have a conversation about it. But they know coming out of it that you were confused, and I think that also gives you know a little bit of a heads up that you're you're not yeah. happy. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Yeah. So number five, so be ready for questions. Um yeah, interesting on this one. I f- I feel like this is where there are a lot of external factors at play. And so they might ask you about like what have you know, what have you done or what what in evidence do you have, that kind of thing. Um so I think it's really important to come in prepared. Yeah, I think that's all that sure. that's getting right. Is there anything yeah. else to that? <laughs> Am I yeah, reading you wrong?
1: I added like I think that's all that that's getting at. But then I added a sixth one that I would have added to this article is that know that this is just the beginning. So like you say, you go into this conversation with your manager, you ask for a raise, and he's like, "Okay, that's fair," you know, or you know, you get to the question asking, you know, you you your boss and you are at an agreement like, okay, a raise might seem like a fair thing. Let's bring this to the VP. Let's escalate this to HR, whatever it might be. That is a next step that like kind of your manager might have to spearhead, but you need to be making sure that it like, hey, like, oh, did you talk to the VP the other day? Or like, hey, like just wanted to follow up and see how that's going. Is there anything that you need from me? Like happy to reach out to whatever. Like, I don't think you can just trust that it's not about trusting your manager but like you have to be your number one advocate and you have to be following up seeing if there's anything you can do to contribute you can do to like take the load off of them um because they're going to bat for you um but you still have to be the one that is your main advocate and so I would say that like it's not just one conversation it's you know anywhere from one to 12 months of following up um depending on what the pay plan yep. cycle is on if you can get an off cycle raise or not um and so uh, just know going in that this is going to be a journey and like if that's worth it really and it should yeah. be. i mean i think it's worth it you know but it's like a journey of like potentially multiple d- uncomfortable conversations
0: yes so. it's definitely playing the long game it, there's not it's not going to be a short oh yeah here you go like here's some extra money. <laughs> That's not how that exactly. works. Um, yeah. I will say this is why it's important to know your manager's peers and make sure they know you because a lot of times you get a budget for the entire department or whatever it is, however you're structured, and we have this much extra money that we can give to our top performers. Who do you got? And this is, you know, maybe your leader's leader who's saying this. And your manager has to be the one that is advocating for you, but there's also other people in the room who are advocating for their pe- their people and their direct reports who said the same thing, and so sometimes it's a decision by consensus. Is what I'm saying, and so like yeah. it's important to kind of keep that in mind too that it, you're not the only person. It's not just like a direct fund that's gonna go to you. There's yeah. it's it's a shared pot, and so are you gonna that's come so out true. on top? Or are you? yeah are you somebody that like your manager's peers are going to say oh yeah I agree with that I know Tori I know you know what she does um or are you going to be like someone that they're like who is that why would we give them extra money you know uh yeah. so just something to keep in mind too yeah kind of playing that, that the long game
1: <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure um I feel like it's funny too because I feel like we've talked about that with promotions and like maybe it's because yes. we're both women but like you and I on this podcast and our friend group have talked way more about promotions than we have raises
0: they yeah. so
1: interesting like the money aspect, the title means insane. so much yeah. yeah and like the sense of accomplishment and like the you know like doing and being a high performer um but it's the same concept that like you know people are advocate in cross calibrations people are advocating for you in the same way mm-hmm. that if a conversation about who gets the money in the pot basically so and it's just funny that I don't know if it has to do with the fact that we're women maybe I'm like making it all up but like <laughs> we talk all the time about about promotions and this is the first time yeah. we talked about races and that's just kind of crazy to me like yeah dang. we talk
0: about performance reviews we talk about yeah you yeah. know exposure career opportunities but where's the money at like where what are we doing after that like, um yeah we should that's, why that's, Liter- that's, I mean, that's why we're here that's that's literally why we're here
1: literally like I'm not here to do a good job like no offense oh, not <laughs> here for I a pat on the like, back yeah yeah no. so I don't know and I am like I want to do like I'm a value ethical person like I want to do a good mm-hmm. job right by my job but like we're all here to pay our mortgages. Okay. Like, yeah, I would not be here if I did not have to pay my mortgage. Okay. If so. I had
0: unlimited money, I would not work for a living. Like, I, that whole quote, like, I do not dream of labor. <laughs> like, I don't have a dream yeah. job. I don't dream of labor. Yes. Um, I'm here so for the true. cash. Like, at the end of the day, we would both so. quit our jobs and hang out with baby Theo all day. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would. So, you know. I, so, anyways, that's kind of that. On that, I yeah. feel like <laughs> we've yep, probably Yeah, we've talked about that at nauseum, but it is so important and we'd love to hear from all of you. Um, if this is something that you have experience with or, you know, something that you're you have questions about. Um, maybe we do a part two on negotiating your salary when you start a job, mm-hmm. which I've also never done, yeah. by the way, but we could we could yeah. dive in. Um I've
1: done it a so lot, anyway. And I find it so fun. So,
0: yeah, I love that. I want to hear more about that. So we'll definitely have to come back.
1: Yeah. But basically what I was saying is like negotiating the price of a car, negotiating when you're buying a house, like it's all similar principles. And I researched a lot of it when I was negotiating a salary right after I moved from New York City to Austin but then like I moved here and I borrowed my grandpa's car for like a few weeks but I needed a new car and I like took all those same principles when I bought my car after I moved from New York City so like it really is like I feel like a lot of what we talk about is quite job specific but the art of negotiating is I mean you use that time and time again so I think like for a starting salary um when you're like the whole the whole purpose like we all know we're going to be negotiating here you know so um that could be really interesting to talk about
0: we should definitely do do that that. next maybe all right thanks everyone have a great week have a great week Thanks for listening to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. We have a hard stop, so we're going to go ahead and end it there.
1: If you have any episode, topic ideas, questions, or sellout celebrations, let's go ahead and take this offline. Email us at podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at corporateselloutspodcast.
0: Our TikToks are TaylorNHR and Tori Loves Spreadsheets, so be sure to check us out there. Thanks for closing the loop, and we'll circle back next week.